With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Luke Worsham. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He's at Luke underscore Worsham. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Follow the pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go give A to Z Sports a follow across all social media platforms. This week is a special week. This is sode <laughs> number 64, the Josh Klein sode. Or maybe yes. even the Nate Davis sode. Or, or how one, about the Leroy of, Harris of sodes? Luke, I know you're pretty uh, entrenched on Josh Klein's corner this week. So go ahead. I know you have something you want to share. Yes, Jack. I'm fired up to talk about Josh Klein this week. Something that I don't know that he has ever been in his life. I have had one personal interaction in my life with Josh Klein. And after talking to some of my my fellow Titans media members, it went about as well as every other interaction with Josh Klein goes or tends to go. So here's what happened. So I'm a rookie on the Titans beat. It's my first year with A to Z Sports, and I am working on a story about Marcus Mariota and his leadership. One of it ended up being one of the uh, one of the better things I've written. And so I'm kind of going around the locker room talking to guys about. You know, Mario does not that loud of a guy, but here's how he does lead. And here's what leadership means to him. And I talked to Lawan and I talked to Delaney Walker and I talked to Mariota himself. Well, I get to Josh Klein because I made up my mind. I was going to talk to as many offensive starters as I could. And I, I, I walk over to Josh Klein in the locker room and, and I say, hey, Josh, can I have a minute? And I said, I'm working on a story about uh, Mariota and his um, sort of outside-the-box leadership tendencies. And so I'll just ask, I'll start off and ask you this, you know, how do you see Mariota's leadership? What are some of the ways you see him as a leader? And this man looked at me, given this softball question, to praise his quarterback, who everyone loved. And this dude <laughs> looks at me and goes, I don't know, man. We're just trying to get ready for the game this week. <laughs> oh, my. That's hilarious. That's not a guy Which you go back to for quotes, I, I, probably. I forget who they're playing. I mean, let, let's say it was the Bengals <laughs> just for fun. You know? I don't know, man. We're just focused on the Bengals. On to Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's that concludes great. this interview. Well, we know not to have Josh Klein on the podcast. Then, if the he's not the only – that might be the worst interview I've ever had, though my one-and-a-half-question interaction with Stefan Gilmore a year ago might also rank in that department. I was, I was trying to get something out of him about Corey Davis because the two of them had faced each other a lot that week. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, what, what, what's the challenge of facing Corey Davis? 
<laughs> if I remember right, he said something like, he's a good receiver, man. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> hey, you know, talk quietly. Went on, to win defensive, went on to win defensive player of the year that season. So I, Yeah, he, he, he let his, he did his okay. play do the talking. Josh um, Klein, on the other hand, did not. That that was <laughs> that was the year that after every game I'd get a call from my dad. What's up with that number sixty four? Why does it look like he's wearing roller skates? <laughs> oh man, Josh Klein, talk about a remember the Titan. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've got we've got more other than just Josh Klein discussion on on the show this week. Titans fans, hold on to your butts because the Tennessee <laughs> Titans are betting favorites to land Julio Jones. We'll get to our thoughts on Julio Watch and what must happen in order for the Titans to make the move here in a little bit. Um, after after we share our, our thoughts, we go to ESPN NFL Nation's Tennessee Titans reporter, Teron Davenport. TD offers his thoughts on the matter along with sharing his opinions on the 21-22 Titans defense. Plus, who are the best and worst dressers in Titans media? The man behind the bow tie gives us the answers we didn't know we needed. Pretty good answers, too, if you ask me. After the interview with TD, Trevor Lawrence ghosted the Jaguars on draft day. Apparently so. Ah, I wish we could. I, I just wish so hard that we didn't have to talk about the Jaguars again, but they just can't seem to stay out of their own way. Speaking of teams that can't stay out of their own way, the Houston Texans picked up an old friend this past week. You're not going to want to miss this. All I can say is that I hope the playbook is thin in Houston this season. Um, finally, after we laugh at the Texans and get to Trevor Lawrence and talk about Julio and interview TD, we finish as we always do with remember the Titan. All right. Y'all have heard me ramble on for long enough. Luke, why don't you tell these fine people about smash pest control? I would love to tell the people about smash pest control. If you have menacing bugs in and around your home, then now is the perfect time to put in a call to Smash Pest Control. They're the best pest control service here in Middle Tennessee. Not only will they take care of your mosquito problems, they also offer crawl space control, and they're fully equipped to rid your home of termites and bed bugs. Anything in or around your house, trust Smash Pest Control's to take care of it. Smash Pest Control hangs their hat on their smash guarantee. If they don't smash your pest control problems, then the service is free. Right now, you can get their initial pest control service started by mentioning A to Z Sports for just 79 bucks. Good luck finding a better price than that. These guys do amazing work all over the mid-state. Make sure to check them out online at smashpests.com where you will find the many services Smash provides along with their excellent customer reviews. If you need help with your pest problems, give Smash Pest Control a call, 615-581-7473. And please make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. You know, Luke, I was in Knoxville or around Knoxville, about 30 minutes outside of Knoxville, North Lake this weekend. And let me tell you, the bugs were all over the place. It was ridiculous. They don't they don't have smash pest control out in Knoxville or else, or else we would have given them a call. But now's that time of the year. So go ahead, call smash pest control. Let them take care of your pest problems for you. All right, we've talked about smash pest control enough. Let's talk Titan. I hear the train of coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking cold.
Julio Jones. Man, that's a name that I can't hear enough of, Luke. I mean, right when you thought the Julio Jones dream was dead, they bring out the resuscitation device, and it, it seems like this thing has new legs now. Um, oh, it absolutely does. So Julio Jones to the Titans. Now, it, uh, Julio went on undisputed, unpro- what looked to be um, unknowingly, when Shannon Sharp called him and asked him about his situation. He said he was out of there when referring to Atlanta. Um, he went on to uh, dismiss the idea of him going to the Dallas Cowboys, which didn't really need his dismissing. Um, the thing is, though, Julio Jones doesn't control this, you know. He's not a free agent. He's not going to be a free agent. They're looking to trade him. Uh, he's mentioned a couple teams, or, or it's been reported that he's a couple teams on his radar. Um, the Titans are one of them, along with the Patriots and along with the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Sims reported today that he was big on the Titans and the Patriots. Um, so let's first, let's get your initial thoughts on this. Do you, is the Julio dream dead or is there reason to believe? I think there's reason to believe. I don't think there's reason to act as though this is some kind of sure thing. Uh, Because what we have going on here is Julio Jones has apparently requested a trade. And per what he said to Shannon Sharp, he's going to get that. We know that. What we don't know is how interested the Titans are. We know that Julio would like to go to the Titans. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter a whole lot because he's not a free agent. Of course, you know, if you're trading for someone, you would love to be one of their preferred destinations. But look, Julio Jones is not the guy who, you know, if some wild card happens and he gets traded somewhere that we're not thinking about where he's going to sit and pout and and like all of these people in my Twitter mentions seem to think is going to happen. Um, That's not going to happen with Julio Jones. So it doesn't really matter what he wants. So, you know, these pictures you're seeing of him and Derrick Henry and, and you know, A.J. Brown asking for him. And, and just a minute ago, I saw Chris Johnson tweeting that, you know, Titans need to go with Julio Jones. That's all good and dandy. But he's not a free agent, nor does he have a no trade clause. So ultimately, this is up to the Falcons. The other thing you have to remember, too, is that the Titans really haven't been connected to this. Now, I don't know that any team has. I haven't really seen any names out there. Um, but yet for whatever reason, I have Titans fans saying, and you, I I think, think this Jack, that this is similar to the Clowney situation. And I just don't see it that way because Clowney, you know, you had the Vrabel connection. There was kind of buzz all around that. And he was a free agent, right? We know we wanted to go to the Titans or the Browns and he was a free agent. Julio's not a free agent. And we haven't seen anything, you know, that the Titans are really interested in this. So I think what's happening is people are connecting the dots and saying, hey, Julio's on the trade market. Titans really need a receiver, which they do. This would make a lot of sense, which I agree with. I think they should trade for him. I would I would you know, bring out the pom poms if they traded for him. I think it'd be great. But we need to slow down and stop acting like this is some sort of sure thing or, you know, I feel it in my gut. It's going to happen. The <laughs> evidence to this point for that is just not there. No, it's not. Not there yet, uh, I'll, I'll add. But you, a big part of why everyone's kind of, you know, starting to believe a little bit is FanDuel released odds on the next team that Julio Jones will take a snap for. And the Titans were the leaders in the clubhouse plus 175, followed by the Falcons at plus 250. I'd be more shocked 
if he stayed in Atlanta than if he came to the Titans. Um, Patriots followed plus 500. Niners at plus 750, tied with uh, the Washington football team, and then a whole litany of teams right behind them. But I think that is, um, you know, reason enough to get excited. And, you know, while Vegas does know a lot, it's hard to imagine them having, you know, an inside track on uh, the the Atlanta Falcons front office with a new GM, a new head coach. Um, But I'll say this, Luke. If what Chris Sims reported is true and that he does have interest in the Titans and the Patriots along with the Niners, I think of those three teams, the Titans make the most sense to do business with if you're the Falcons. Um, the Niners are in conference. You know, you want to compete in a couple of years and you don't want Julio Jones out there uh, getting in your way while they have a, a young quarterback that they're working into the fold and Trey Lance. Then let's talk about New England. Oh, New England and Atlanta. What fine memories. 28 to 3. On March 28th of every year, the Atlanta Falcons are are, are drugged through the mud by Patriots fans, just really all of the NFL fans. Um, The Patriots went as far uh, as to put 283 diamonds in their Super Bowl ring. I mean, this is a team who your worst nightmare uh, came against. Whereas the Titans, you know, you really don't see the Titans that often. And there isn't any any history between the two teams aside from Arthur Smith taking the job down there. So if I'm in the Falcons front office and I'm looking to ship Julio, which they are, and, and you do have to keep a lot of these teams in mind because there's a ton of teams with cap space that can make it happen, more cap space than the Titans. But between those three teams, who a lot of people believe are the three front runners, I think the Titans make the most sense by far. Yeah, probably. I feel like I've heard somewhere that they've said they want to keep him out of conference, which, you know, okay, whatever. Look, if I'm trading someone, I I think the whole out of conference, out of division thing is a little overblown. Just trade to whoever gives you the most compensation and work from there. And if you're scared of that person, coming back to bite you, then don't trade them. Like, that's kind of my mindset with all of that. However, on the pure point of the Titans making the most sense, I think you are right for all of the reasons you outlined. And the reasons I was talking about earlier, the reasons why if Julio was a free agent, uh, this conversation that I'm sort of having or thinking of would be much, much different because, again, it would have been up to him at that point. And he's a good fit with the Titans. A.J. Brown loves him. You know, he'd be good with Tannehill. But we just have to wait and see. That's the end of this. And I just don't know, going back to what I said earlier, how much it matters, all of this connection. You are right, though, that thinking from thinking about this from a logical perspective, I think the Titans make the most sense for him. I think the Titans probably do, assuming they're able to offer good compensation, make the most sense for the Falcons as well. And looking at the Falcons' books, they are um, the, the second to last in the league with available cap space. I think they have just over a quarter million dollars, which is not a lot um, for an NFL team. Julio Jones in offloading him, which I think is a no-brainer. I think it will happen. His destination is to be determined. Um, but but that saves them what eleven million this year and eleven million next year, as long as the deal gets done after June first, correct? 
Yes, I believe that is so, correct. So if you're the Titans and you will need to make room because you don't have it right now, you're going to have to move some move some money around, restructure a couple guys. Just quickly, who are a couple guys? I know we, we know Ryan Tannehill because he's got the biggest deal on the team. Um, who, are, who are some other guys that, that they could move around and restructure? Just Tannehill? Uh Tannehill, yeah, that one makes a lot of sense. You're not going to do Derrick Henry because you just paid him a year ago. Uh, Taylor Lewan's contract was structured so that he made a lot more early on than he will for the rest of the ride out, so that one doesn't work out. Uh, maybe Roger Saffold, that would potentially be an option. I feel like I remember him tweeting something during free agency about, you know, I'll, I'll restructure, let's, you know, let's get these guys in here. So maybe you go there. Uh, those are the big two, I would say, Saffold and Tannehill. I'm struggling to think of anyone on the defensive side. Kevin Byard makes a lot of money for a safety, uh, but that modifier is important for a safety because in terms of the overall scheme of things, it's not a whole lot. But if you're just talking about Julio Jones and these figures that, that we just mentioned, the post-June 1st stuff, um, then I, I think doing Tannehill and or Saffold would probably put you in a comfortable position to do that. And Robinson said after the draft that that they would be looking into potentially doing some of that to get guys they wanted to continue to build the roster. So is it a safe assumption? And I'm looking out for for everyone who's listening, um, who participates in the the chaos that is Titans Twitter. So yes. if I am to see here, okay, so we, we've got one week. So next Tuesday will be June 1st. And hopefully mm-hmm. news drops before we record to make it easier on us. But <laughs> in the next seven days, if we see John Robinson and the Titans electing to restructure Tannehill's deal, is that reason enough to get our hopes up for Julio? Because uh, why else would they restructure Tannehill? I think it's enough to get your hopes up for someone. Here's a uh, name that I'm 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 still uh, I'm going to throw this out there: OJ Howard with okay. the Buccaneers. I don't know that that's happening. I don't know that they're interested necessarily. That's not the Alabama pass catcher a lot of us Titans fans have on our minds, but it'll, it's not. They, they have a hold to fill it tight end. He'd be a helpful one. He'd be the better. He'd be the best player they have at that position immediately. He can play in line, unlike Anthony Furser. He's also really, really fast. Um, it would certainly point in the direction that something is happening to get them pass catcher. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say. If we get a restructure news, that automatically means it's Julio Jones. Yeah, well, you know, that's fair to say, and I appreciate your your OJ Howard insight. You've, you know, you're 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 tempering my expectations, and I think you're doing it intentionally because you know how riled up I get about these things. But uh, one last thing on Julio Jones, he's an outdoorsman. He loves to hunt and fish. It's not much hunting and fishing going on in New, you know New England or, or San Francisco. <laughs> In Tennessee, though, I'm not. Look, I, I've never hunted in my life. I do like to fish occasionally when I have the chance, which you know doesn't come often. But uh, I, I know that that's a big thing around here, and I know that you know Julio Jones. While he first and foremost, he's looking for a team to continue his NFL career with. His, you know, he's one of the best receivers of the last decade, and potentially a Hall of Famer down the road if he uh, can finish his, you know, you know the back nine. Um, you know, in, in a, in a solid way, but, uh, man, I just, I can't help, but see Julio Jones in a Titans Jersey. Uh, it just makes too much sense. How comfortable can you possibly be if you're John Robinson and Mike Vrabel with that wide receiver, uh, that, that group of wide receivers you have right now, I mean, I mean behind AJ Brown I, and I get it, you know, you're high on Josh Reynolds, you're high on your fourth round pick Des Fitzpatrick. 
Say A.J. Brown goes down for a couple games. Oh, Ten Hill's Ten, Ten Hill thrown for 150 yards, and the Titans are going <laughs> to lose. And they just have no – they have no depth at that position. They, they, they have to add a piece. And, you know, I get it. There's going to be camp cuts, and there's going to be different players that become available. But, um, man, this, Julio Jones just really gets me excited. And if you really want to win now and push all of your chips to the middle of the table, this is a move that – makes a ton of sense um not you know for where you are as a franchise right now and for what I has mean, troubled you in the past john robinson being comfortable with things he shouldn't be comfortable with is not really that surprising <laughs> i mean logan woodset is still the backup quarterback and and then you say oh wait there's that other quarterback right yeah deshaun kaiser who sucks <laughs> so those are your two options there. R.I.P. Uh, Cole McDonald. Th- that era was this, fun. Yeah, <laughs> this kicker nonsense <laughs> is still going on. Or you've got Tucker McCann, who who looks like a knuckleballer. Where you know it's like you used to watch David Beckham take free kicks and you know the, the bend it like Beckham thing. Well, that's how Tucker McCann kicks field goals. He just sort of tries to curve it in, and and you don't have to. There's no defense, buddy. You can just kick it straight in. Uh, and he's still miraculously on the roster and will compete presumably for the starting kicker job, massive air quotes around that. Um, Look, sometimes the Titans get a little too comfortable with people they shouldn't be very comfortable with. It happened last year with the receiver position, right? They did have Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys, but behind that it was what Khalif Raymond and Cam Batson who inexplicably still is getting opportunities. And Um, they, they struggled at that position last year, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, that was the best year the Titans had at wide receiver since 2003. So because this, of two guys, one yeah, of whom isn't it, there anymore. Exactly. So this is a position that the Titans, it's been their bugaboo. And to, to get Julio Jones paired along with A.J. Brown and Josh Reynolds then becomes an explosive number three, a guy you really have to worry about when he's out there. Um, in, instead of just, you know, um, putting one of your outside guys on Josh Reynolds and then throwing whoever you want at Nick Westbrook-Akine, um, you know, Mason Kinsey, Cam Batson, uh, whoever else, Marcus Johnson, whoever, whoever else you want to plug in there. So, yeah, it, it, it would, it would do a lot into, uh, filling probably the biggest area of need and the biggest area of concern for Titans fans by, by bringing in Julio Jones. And if Julio Jones doesn't work, you'd have to imagine that they're going to be active and, you know, be on the prowl when these camp cuts start coming around. But, We'll have to wait. Yeah. This, this next week will be very telling. Yeah, and, and there to your point there, they're probably not done adding a receiver, whether it's Julio or, or Howard or someone else. Uh, someone else is going to enter that room, I would think, I would hope. Um, but it just may not be through a big trade. It might be a, a cap casualty for another team. All right, we're one week away from June 1st. So we'll have yes. a, we'll know what's up with Julio Jones a little more next week, but I want a prediction out of you, or you know what? Give me a percentage because I like to do percentages. <laughs> okay, you no, know, it's not a yes or a no. So you, so you get away easy there, but give me a percentage that this deal gets done and 50-50 is not allowed. A d- a percentage that the Titans trade for Julio Jones. Correct. Uh, forty. That's pretty high though. It, that's I mean that's pretty high. So you, you would say the Titans have a better chance than any of the other 30 teams that are in the market? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some other teams are also 40. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I mean, like, 
I don't think it's likely. Uh, I, I w- it wouldn't shock me. That's kind of where I am. It's not likely. It wouldn't shock me. Okay. I like that. I'll take it. You know, I'll, I'll take that for now. I'm kind of, I, I, I probably would go lower. I'd probably go 33%. Hmm. Just for my mental health. You know, I, I don't want to get attached to this man um, <laughs> quite yet. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm already scrolling through Twitter and, and seeing mock ups of him in Titans jerseys. Like, it's already <laughs> bizarre. Oh, man. That's, you know, that, I mean, that, that's the beauty of Twitter overreactions all of the sure. time. <laughs> You get one, you get one crumb of news, and you turn it into a, for, you know, a sure thing. All right, but we, you know, we, we've t- we've talked about Julio Jones, and you know, Teron Davenport. There really is no better guy to talk to about this kind of stuff. He's as plugged in as it gets. You're going to hear from him in a second, and his thoughts on the Julio Jones situation. He gives uh, some really in-depth analysis and breaks it down in a way that really makes sense to everybody, uh, or hopefully all of you. Um, but we'll get to him in a second first. Let me talk to you guys about my favorite brewing company, my favorite brewery in all of Tennessee, and that's Mill Creek Brewing Company, located at 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard in Nolensville, Tennessee. One of the coolest tap rooms in Middle Tennessee with over 20 unique Mill Creek beers on tap. They have phenomenal, phenomenal patio seating as well as a massive indoor seating section available. If you're looking to enjoy one of their many delicious beers, Little Darlin', Juicy Days, uh, a delicious Mill Creek hard seltzer to cool down outside if you're sitting on the patio. Uh, get on out to Mill Creek. Actually, this Thursday would be a prime time to get on out there. Uh, game five between the Preds and the Canes is all tied at 2-2. Uh, takes place on Tuesday. But game six, if you don't have tickets to the game, head on to Mill Creek Brewing, Brewing Company. They're going to have it on. They're going to have the game audio playing, and it's going to be a big party out there. Nobody throws a party like Mill Creek Brewing Company. You can check them out online at millcreekbrewingco.com to look at some upcoming events such as Trivia Night on Thursdays and live music performances at the brewery. Joseph Elder will be performing this Saturday. You don't want to miss that either. Head out to Mill Creek and make sure to tell them that the Titan Up podcast sent you. All right. You've heard it. That's Mill Creek Brewing Company. Let's get to Teron Davenport. This week's guest is not only a distinguished member of Titans Media, but more importantly, he's a recurring guest on the Titan Up podcast. With Charlie Whitehurst now out of the picture, I think it's fair to say he's one of Nashville's best dressed. His LinkedIn page describes himself as a distinguished wearer of self-bow ties, self-tie bow ties, pinpoint Oxford shirts, saddle shoes, and plaid sports coats with pocket squares, of course. He's ESPN's NFL Nation's Tennessee Titans reporter, as well as a member of the Pro Football's Writers Association. You can find him on Twitter at tdavenport underscore NFL. That's right. Teron Davenport is back on the Tighten Up podcast. TD, we're glad to have you. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I love the introduction. I just kind of like saw behind you, you got the Bourbon Street sign. Oh, oh yeah. What's the New Orleans ties? Yeah, no New Orleans ties. I, I went there one time, and I, you know, I thought it looked cool above the door. <laughs> so that's that's the only New Orleans ties I okay. have. But um, Jack, if you, if, if you don't mind, I want to lead this off yeah, because go I've got a it. question about Julio. So that's obviously like we were joking about a minute ago. We're going to play the hits. We're going to talk about what everyone's talking about. 
We know, based on what Julio said on the Shannon Sharp show, Undisputed, that the Falcons are going to trade him. It's going to happen. He requested a trade a week ago. Uh, Your guy, Adam Schefter at ESPN, confirmed that. But here's what I don't get. Why? So it's a foregone conclusion he's getting traded. Why then is it a foregone conclusion that he's going to the Titans? Because all these betting sites are saying the Titans are a favorite to get him. All of these people in the media, people I've never seen that have the blue check mark are saying, oh, he's probably going to the Titans. Is it more of, okay, logically the Titans need a wide receiver and have the draft capital? Or is there like some kind of smoke that's out there? Because I tend to think it's more the former than the latter. Yeah, I tell you, there's another thing Chris Sims is saying from his sources yeah. that, you know, it's the Titans and the Patriots. That's who Julio Jones has his sights set on. But I, I, to answer your question, I think it is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And it's what you get during draft time, to be honest with you, where you get the same regurgitated opinions and over and over yeah. again. And I think that's really what it is. And all these people saying this aren't really looking at the fact that there are some Simone Biles type gymnastics that have to happen <laughs> salary cap-wise yeah. in order to make it work. So we got to look at that, you know, before we we look at anything. And I I think that's why a team, in my opinion, like the Colts works. That's why I think Mm -hmm. a team like the 49ers work because they have draft capital and they have actual salary cap to be able to massage that number into their their situation. You know, a lot of uh, people have been paying attention to what Julio wants. We've seen the pictures of him hanging out with Derrick Henry, you know, the A.J. Brown stuff where he offered to give up 11. And then, like you said, Chris Sims come out and says, well, he wants to go to the Titans or the Patriots. Does that matter? I mean, he's not a free agent. There's no no trade clause here. Does it really matter what he wants or does it ultimately come down to what the Falcons want? I'm going to say yes and no. I think it matters for a team to know that he will come in there with a positive attitude, mm-hmm. right, at 32 years old. But, see, the thing with Julio Jones is he's always been positive. Yeah. And that's why the whole situation on the Undisputed where he said, I'm out of there. That's why I, as soon as I saw that, I said he didn't know that he was on the air. No because way. if you think about it, in the time that this man has been in the, in the NFL – and even going back to Alabama, I can't even think of a particular quotable moment, let alone something outspoken like that. So I, I, yeah. I don't think that he really knew. Uh, at the same time, as you said, he's not a free agent. This is a situation where, hey, you pack up and you get on the plane to wherever they're telling you you got to go. And that's that's how yeah. it works. I, I, you still want to make sure that it's a, a, a palatable situation for everyone because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody – succeeds best when they're in a situation that they want to be in. And that's not to say the Titans aren't one because, you know, I'm looking through my phone trying to find the picture. This is a picture that I took after the Falcons. And that's none other than A.J. Brown holding a Julio Jones jersey. This was in uh, 2019, I want Mm -hmm. to say, uh, week after week four. Hey, TD, we we actually uh, brought you on. You have Julio's number, right? You can call him. <laughs> no, nah, I don't have Julio's number. I can call some other guys, but not him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But I, I know you're plugged in with a bunch of agents and, and, and players as well. Uh, I mean, just your turn on Davenport. You you get the you're the inside man. Uh, have, <laughs> have you heard from any agents on 
what they thought about this situation. It, it kind of seemed like Shannon Sharp set Julio up a little bit. And when you do that, it, it, it's hard for me to imagine a player or, 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 or Shannon Sharp would be able to regain a player's trust after something like that. Yeah, that's definitely an issue. Now, I haven't heard from any agents, but I indirectly heard from someone in Julio Jones's camp. And initially, it wasn't something that, you know, they were upset with, but as it, Julio Jones was upset. With. But as it continued to fester and fester, then I was like, well, wait a minute, that that was that was kind of grimy. That was a greasy move. And, and it really was, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I, I, I love Shannon Sharp. I love him as a player. I love him. You know, as just an outspoken talking head on Undisputed, but that was that was wrong. Yeah. You don't call somebody, and especially and the thing that really got me is he said, "This is your favorite uncle." Well, you know, your favorite uncle isn't going to do your nephew like that. <laughs> yeah, and that was wrong. So I say all that to say, yeah, it, it is something that 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 camp they're looking at possible legal ramifications because of the mm. the two way situation where you have to have permission to you know, have, have that conversation recorded and on the air like that. So uh, that, that can't be an issue. And obviously the trust that that's breached, you know, because let's say you guys did something like that to me on the air. Uh, next time you, you shoot me the text, Jack, yeah. this is going to go un- unresponded to, you know what I mean? That's, that's just how it is. <laughs> that, see, see, I'm with you on that. I, I just don't see how NFL players who, you know, were – not super tight with Shannon Sharp, but, you know, good enough friends for, for him to pick up the phone and call. I, for what he did to Julio, I just don't see that um, continuing for a bunch of players around the league who were previously there's one, close to him. There's one agent that went on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but said, this is why I don't let my clients go on Undisputed. Yeah, yeah, he was actually from Athletes First. You're correct. Yeah, okay. I, I, he represents um, Sewell, the, the lineman at the, um, from Oregon. Okay, oh, okay. Line. Sewell, yeah. yeah. Um, another another question I, I want to ask you about uh, this whole undisputed situation is every team in the league knew that the Falcons were shopping Julio and likely weren't going to have him stick around, but that was due to financial circumstances and, and you know, his, his contract, which is one of the toughest in the NFL right now. Um, it, it's going to cause some, some cap concerns no matter where he goes, but mm-hmm. does that further depreciate his trade value? I, I mean, what's the, you, you heard that the Falcons were looking for a first when this all started. I yeah. don't think it's, it's pretty clear that they're not going to be able to get that. But now after this, the Falcons have to be really pissed at Shannon Sharp because um, Julio Jones, you know, not that everybody didn't really know already, but said, I'm out of there. Um, what, what do you think Julio's ask or, or the Falcons asking price is for Julio right now? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I think their asking price may, remains a first-round pick. It, they better be happy if a team offers a second-round pick. And and me personally, I wouldn't offer, at least from the Titans, I wouldn't offer a day one or a day two pick. Hmm. I just wouldn't do it because there's a lot that you have to look at. And, and A, right, you're giving up draft capital. You're a team that – is struggling to maintain draft picks because why they, you know, either move on or they're guys that, that you just cut ties with a la Corey Davis. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's something, but then in addition to that, let's look at the player. He's 32 years old. He played what? Nine games last year. 
talent de- depreciates over time. You, yeah. you, know, you have to take that into account. And then on top of all that, you have the, the contract situation, right? He's going to count 11, 11 million next year, 11 million the following. Like those are, are pretty big numbers. So do you, do you think the Titans are desperate? I'll, I'll, Alex, I'll ask two questions. Number one, do you think they feel desperate with the receivers? Or are they sitting there saying, you know, we're fine with A.J. Brown and Josh Reynolds, and if we were to get Julio, wouldn't that be awesome? Or is this a situation where they're like, well, dang, all we got out of the draft was Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round. we got to do something else. You know, I think they're in a situation where they feel good at receiver. And the reason why I think that, if you remember, what was that, uh, Saturday of the draft? I said mm-hmm. point blank to Mike Rabel, hey, it doesn't really appear that you guys have a dedicated slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Where are you with that receiver room? And he said, oh, we have slots. And he said they're confident. And he actually said that my opinion of the receivers differs from theirs. So that tells you right there that they feel yeah. good about that group. Now, in talking to Redell Anthony, former NFL receiver and Florida Gators great, he actually trained – Des Fitzpatrick and a bunch of other receivers leading up to the draft. And, and he told me mm-hmm. that he projects Fitzpatrick's contribution this year to be as, as a slot. And I, I think that's pretty interesting considering he's a guy that didn't do that last year, but did it before. So I think they are confident in, in Fitzpatrick and, and in that group overall. And, and I mean, don't be surprised if a guy like Mason Kinsey sneaks onto the, to the roster and you guys, I mean, look, you remember you were at camp. That guy was, Doing yeah. some pretty nasty things to the DBs in one on one, so he's someone to watch. He's come on the Titan Up podcast before too, so we. So oh, he, nice. He's close nice. with us. He's I, one of our guys. There you go. I'll be interested to see what Kinsey is able to do with a full training camp and three preseason games because yeah. it was so stunted last year. So I, I and I will say when I walked onto the field at rookie minicamp last week, as soon as I saw Des Fitzpatrick, I thought, "Oh, that's a slot guy." You just look mm-hmm. at his body. He's built for it. So yeah. I guess the follow-up to that, you think that their confidence in the receiver position is not misled necessarily? I don't think it's misled. No, I, I, I don't think that's the case. I think they they feel really good about Josh Reynolds. I know that. Um, and Fitzpatrick. And remember, Cam Batson is one of Mike Vrabel's favorites as well. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really – go out of his way to praise guys too much. But I remember he he told me how he's yeah. kept his eye on Cam since when he first got there. And he turned the corner in one of those drills and he lowered his shoulder. And he said, yeah, that's been my, been a guy I've enjoyed watching <laughs> ever since. So, you know, there there are a bunch of guys. And obviously, you know, Joe Rexro had the article about Nick Westbrook and Kenny. Now, where that infatuation is coming from, I'm not sure. Because he's still, yeah. you know, learning how to corral the ball instead of combating it when he catches it. But he's mm-hmm. another guy, Marcus Johnson. I, I think they have a, a solid group. But me personally, I, I wouldn't be happy with it. So, I mean, it seems like you are of the opinion that, you know, Julio, you would you would at least attempt to to see, see if, if you could offer them something they'd like. But uh, from Mike Vrabel's perspective and maybe the Titans front office, as well um they like what they have so that makes me ask it makes me wonder you know what are you hearing and is there some 
some rumors, I, I guess some some substance really behind um, Julio Jones to the Titans. Uh, we're kind of in this point with with, with Julio uh, that, that reminds me where we were with Clowney uh, last year. You know, Clowney had his price. You know, he wanted whatever it was, seventeen million dollars. They waited long. His, his value dropped, and the Titans were were able to grab him for what what appeared to be decent value at the time, which ended up being you know, I mean. Uh, close to a waste of $12 million. So where do you think the Titans are with this, with this Julio Jones stuff? Do you, do you think it ends up happening? I think there's absolutely interest. There, there's, well, I know there's interest, but I, I'm not so sure that it ends up happening just because so much has to happen, right? They still got to sign the rest of their draft class. That's something. But then also remember, this is a team that likes to keep that reserve set up for unfortunate circumstance, a la Jonathan Cyprian going down and them having to go out and sign Kenny Picard. Yeah. So that's something else you got to keep in mind. I, I don't I don't think it happens. I think there's just too much that has to go on as far as salary cap is concerned. And uh, I, I believe they're going to stay fat. So if, if you think it's not going to happen in Tennessee, who who are your leaders in the clubhouse? We've heard the Patriots. We've heard the Niners. You mentioned the Colts as a possibility. I would hate to see Julio Jones in the AFC South. I really would. If he's not playing for the Titans, that is. Yeah. Well, I wonder if, if he goes to to the Colts. I wonder if if uh, the the youngster, what's what's his name, um, the receiver number eleven. I wonder if he gives it up because he didn't give it up for Pittman. Carson Wentz. Yeah, Michael Pittman. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but no, I, I think if you you talk about another team, the Ravens come into mind, and they clearly have some stuff they would have to do cap wise. But I think that's a team that could absolutely use a guy like Julio Jones. If you put him with Lamar Jackson and the rest of those guys they got, that would be pretty pretty uh, scary for opposing defenses. Ron, I've got a couple of questions about the defense for you, and I want to start with this one. I had a buddy who's a Titans fan call me yesterday, and somehow the name Rashawn Evans came up, and he said, you know, Luke, what, what, what went wrong with Rashawn Evans last year? And I said, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Because I kind of thought he'd be a breakout candidate last year. And then you see these clips on Twitter of him diving in the air at nothing and landing on the ground over and over again. What happened there with him more than really anyone last year? I'll tell you exactly what happened with him. He was thinking too much and too Mm -hmm. analytical. And this is something I know from talking to him after his rookie year. He told me that he was struggling at times just because – it was just a lot going on, processing a lot, and that didn't allow him to play fast, right? Well, goodness, his, they had him playing seven different positions his rookie year. Yeah, well, in addition to that, he was still learning a new scheme, right? And when you look at, at Rashawn Evans, you watch him play, he's a guy that diagnoses, triggers, and he goes and blows stuff up. And yeah. when he can't do that, he's not at his best. So 2019, when I felt he had the best year of his career – it was second year in that same scheme. He and Dean mm-hmm. Pease, they were one. They yeah. understood exactly everything that, that needed to happen. And then last year, we know it, it just wasn't it wasn't a smooth ride for anybody. And I think Rashawn Evans, Kevin Byer, those two probably caught the, the bulk of it. So it, it's really just not being comfortable and knowing the scheme inside out. And we've really seen this offseason a purge of that defensive personnel. They're probably going to have seven new starters week one. 
clearly saying on their end, we think this was a player problem. They did bring in Jim Schwartz, who I believe you would have covered in Philadelphia. Yes, who, you know, may may implement some of his wide nine stuff here. You know, some of that is yet to be seen. We've yet to get to talk to Jim Schwartz. Have they done enough to fix the defense? Because I love the personnel they brought in. I love Farley. I love Dupree. But the smoking gun of Shane Bowen is still there. And you were in those press conferences with me, Teron, every week. Well, you know, the communication's a problem. The communication's a problem. And who does that start with? It starts with the defensive coordinator. So he's still there. What's going on there? Like, what can we expect to happen with this defense? Well, one of the things, and this is why I asked Mike Grable in the beginning of the presser a couple weeks ago, whenever that was, a rookie minicamp, I asked him what the difference was for him when he went from position coach to coordinator. I remember that. They yeah. would go from position to position. You know why? Because that's what Shane Bowen did. And mm-hmm. in, in doing that, right, you talk about the communication, starting with the defensive coordinator. Well, I'll tell you what, if the coordinator is able to work with this group, yes. this group yeah. and this group during practice, guess what you could do? Sprinkle your understanding your philosophy on each of those groups that wasn't happening Mm -hmm. last year so I think that could be a difference but at the end of the day in in my opinion like players you've got to that when there's calls you got to relay your call to to the next guy you got to you could the coaches could show them all that they want if you're not seeing it and and making the checks you know so it's a two-way street and I think that's something that will be better for this coaching staff as far as uh, Bowen is concerned, being able to work with all of the groups and talk to all of the groups every day in practice as opposed to just doing their, their team meetings. Do you think they're doing enough internally to say beyond that, here's what went wrong with the communication and the scheming? It's the same people that are going to be doing it this year outside of Jim Schwartz, but it, is the process going to change at all? It better. Uh, yeah. it, it better change. And the thing that I wonder with Jim Schwartz, I mean, I would imagine he's going to have a a headset, mm-hmm. but it could get to the point where you got too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I wonder how that interferes with communication, right? The relaying of the plays quick enough to Jayon Brown or Rashawn Evans, Dave Long, whoever it should be. I wonder if that's a situation. So there's a lot that we have to unearth. Right. And that's why I'm looking forward to these preseason games. Yeah. To talk to these guys about how that process worked. I tell you one thing. And when you mentioned the additions, you left them out. But Elijah Molden, I oh, think, yeah. is going to be a really good factor for this team from that communication perspective. I talked with with him and, and Keith Taylor, the cornerback from Washington, uh, who I, I think he went to the Browns. I don't remember where he went, but I talked to them together and they were kind of taking me through some of the ways they communicated and, and stressed mm-hmm. how important it was for that nickel guy to, to be like the root of all communication. And you remember Logan Ryan. I was, I was just about to bring his name up. Yeah. Sticking with the, the secondary, do you think that they've done enough this offseason? I mean, they Janoris Jenkins, you know, you draft Caleb Farley. You, you, you are hopeful or are hoping at least to get a healthy Christian Fulton and, you know, Elijah Molden, like you just mentioned, Amani Hooker stepping into a new role. Yeah. How do you feel that this, you know, the secondary, how do you feel about the secondary heading into this season? I know they're very young, pretty inexperienced outside of, you know, Kevin Byard and Janoris Jenkins. 
Yeah, uh, you got a lot of experience between those two, you know. <laughs> Jack Rabbit, yeah, that's what he likes to be called. I, I love watching him play. And he, he's one of those feisty corners that he's a guy that, that is perfect for that cat coverage that, that the Titans like to do from time to time. So I definitely think he was a great addition. And he has actually better ball skills than Adore Jackson. He'll actually turn the football over for you instead of having to bounce off the face mask or those type of things. <laughs> I love Adore's play, but it, it, that just that stuff happened too much. You know, you got to pick it off too at times. So I think that's that's an upgrade for them. Christian Fulton, I believe, is going to be healthy. I've talked to him multiple times during the, the offseason so far, and I, I think he's going to be ready to go, and then he's going to have a big role. I, I like the secondary, to be honest with you. I just want to see who that, that number three safety is going to be, right? And for me, you know, a lot of people kind of pigeonhole Molden into that nickel spot, but to me, Elijah Molden is, is Buda Baker. The same type of player. So I think he could be that third safety. And I, I just, for the life of me, don't understand why Dan Crookshank is not getting any love, man. Because mm-hmm. that guy could play too. And I think he could be that Amani Hooker of last year as well. I mean, in fact, that's what he was before Hooker came along. So I feel good about the secondary. I think they'll be in good shape. Now, if they could get Farley to be a, a you know, healthy contributor, from the from the jump, that'll be an added bonus because that kid right there could play. Yeah, no doubt about it. Do you it. think do you think they could play more cat coverage this year? Because it felt like there wasn't very much of that in 2020, perhaps due to the personnel. Because it, Butler, if I remember right, played mostly on the right side, and then on the left side, it was kind of juggled around yeah. when with health and Jonathan Joseph's experience and all of that. But I remember I asked Vrabel something about scheming up cornerbacks, and he said, well, you know, we're going to put them where the guy they're against is the best guy for them to cover. And that got me thinking, I'm like, could there be more cat coverage? Because he mentioned that when he talked about Farley, too. Yeah, yeah, that there could definitely be more. Now, with Butler, they did use him against Allen Robinson, Chase Claypool, and I believe he traveled with uh, A.J. Green some in that Bengals game. Uh, there was another one where he traveled. So they did do that, but I think they could do it a lot more. But the thing is, in my opinion, I don't think they'll have to do it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Jenkins and Farley on the outside, I don't think they'll have to do that. And the thing that I really like about those two guys, and I I don't think you have to do it with Fulton either, because I think Fulton's a very capable man corner. But the thing I like about all three of those guys is they're equally as good on the outside as they are in the slot. So you go against the Packers, right? And let's say you want your top corner. Let's say you establish that Caleb Farley is your top corner. Well, you could line him up against Devontae Adams on the left, right, or inside. And now you could go with true cat covers whenever you want to. That's why I think Farley was a really good pick. And I've kind of backed off my opposition to it after learning so much more from him and then also just in, in talking to people about mm-hmm. how that, that health situation went and that the Titans, in fact, had their hands on. Switching gears a little bit, um, I want to talk about tight ends. Uh, John U. Smith heads to New England. Titans can't keep him around because he costs too much. And they elect to not take a tight end in the draft. Brevin Jordan, Tommy Trimble, Hunter Long, there are a bunch of guys that were connected to the Titans prior to the draft. Are you, are you hearing anything uh, about 
whether or not they're shopping for one right now? And if so, who are some names uh, that could surface here in the next couple of weeks? Well, Michael Pruitt, <laughs> it doesn't really excite a lot, a lot of Titans fans, <laughs> but that's the, the most probable option. I think you really have to monitor the Zach Ertz situation in Philadelphia and what happens there. I believe they're going to release him. And, and if they do release him, I think he would be an ideal fit. I just wonder, I want to know what, what their thoughts are on, on Anthony Ferguson as far as him actually being an in-line guy in addition to playing detached and lined up uh, out wide. I, I want to see where they are there because I think that's the big issue. And this team likes to use 12 personnel. So obviously yeah. they'll bring Swain in, but you know, if you have 87 on the field and not 86, okay, it's more than likely going to be a running play. Mm -hmm. If you have 87 and 86 on the field, it's probably going to be a running play. But you don't have that luxury that you had last year with John o. Smith and Ferkser, your 12 yeah. personnel package, being able to say, okay, we're in 12 personnel. You're <laughs> going to have to match that with your big defensive grouping. And when you do that, we're going to walk John o. Smith out wide and let him destroy your linebacker in coverage. Yeah. You know, you don't have that ability to, to play that chess game, which is that's why the, that's why the Patriots went out and got Hunter Henry. And and John Smith and and they're going to be stupid this year. <laughs> that is that's I, a scary got, group, though. Those two guys I, in New England, especially with a, a rookie quarterback and Cam Newton, who's kind of lost a little, a uh, little in his arm. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Maybe not fun is the right word for Titans fans. But <laughs> it'll be interesting to monitor. Yeah. I want to go back to the defense for just a second because, and these are things. At least the first one that I've talked to Vrabel about. I've talked to Dean Pease about. And, and they've explained it to me, and I'm still like, okay, I still don't really get it. You must two, things with this de two things with this defense. Number one, the copious amounts of off coverage. I will uh, never understand, and, and it has to irritate you because you're a receiver and you know how easy that can be when it's third and five uh -huh. and you got a guy playing 10 yards off. Uh -huh. That and, so last year they've really only got one real pass rusher in Harold Landry. And yet it felt like a majority of third downs, they had him playing in the flap. And I've caught so much grief because I always go back to that question. And it, it, and it has been explained to me multiple times by Vrabel and Pease, but I still don't get it. I, <laughs> I'm like, I see why you're doing it. I get, I get it, but I don't get it, you know? There's no explanation. <laughs> yeah. There isn't. You know, it's third and five, and you're lining up 10 yards off the ball. I mean, I'm taking a step here. I'm catching the ball, breaking <laughs> the tackle, and going to get the first down and more. And that's that's what keeps happening. And as far as like, not having Harold Landry rush the passer when he's the best that you have, I, I, I don't understand that one either. I, I, I do get, you know, you do zone – defense and at times you know he has to drop out to that flat but maybe shift it to you know a cover two where you have your corner in that flat and you allow your pass rusher to mm -hmm. rush the passer well and P's explanation for that was when I talked to him he said it was on, on it's almost like a zone blitz like it's a yeah. you you kind of freak him out at the last second because you and you create a sort of fake pass rush in a way and my thought was okay I get that but why are you doing it so much? Yeah. Like, why yeah. not? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've seen them, um, 
it's, it's called an amoeba, amoeba blitz, mm-hmm. right? Or psycho blitz, where you have all the guys at the line of scrimmage standing up, and some of them drop back, other ones rush the passer. And it's confusing for the line because, you know, they got to look and, and, and get their checks and know who they're going to block. And when you don't know who's coming, it's a little bit harder. And it confuses the quarterback too, but it's not something I would do a whole bunch of times. And I'm not saying that they did that all the time because there were times where they just did straight zone blitz where Landry drops and a linebacker feels where he drops from. Yeah. So it's just a collection of things. But I think, you know, you got to do what's best to get to the quarterback. That's Rush Harold Landry. TD, we're running out of time here, but I want to get this in before we do. Um, you know, last season kicking was such a big problem, and I know that it's mm. not a fun topic to talk about. And, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> unknown when, when you talk about the kicker. What's the Titans' plan this year there? Yeah, I, I think, you know, they're going to keep Steven Gostowski and that phone a friend option if all else fails. But <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Hobel, Hybel, I can't pronounce his name, the, the undrafted free agent they signed out of uh, Ohio State. He's a three-year starter. I think, you know, he's a guy, you know, he had a 49-yarder in the rain, 55-yarder. I think he's the one that's going to occupy that position. Uh, obviously, they they have um, the guy who, who they, they carried on the practice squad last year. McCann. Option. Yeah, uh, Tucker McCann. They, they mentioned him, but I think it's going to end up being the Ohio State kicker. Oh, okay. All right, before we let you go, best dressed and worst dressed Titans media members. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, worst dressed, I'm going to go with, with Terry McCormick. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> best dressed. So we inc- include females? Yes. Uh, I'm going with Kayla Anderson. Okay. Has- That's a good choice. Uh, yeah. All yeah. right. All right. There you have it. I'll have to tell Terry. I got a radio show with him, and I'm sure he'll be excited to hear that. So, uh, tell him I deliver that message with love. <laughs> I will. Hey, TD, we really appreciate you hanging out. And yeah, uh, maybe sure. once the season gets closer, we'll get you back on. Yeah, yeah, you got my number. Just shoot me a text, man. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks, TD. All right, for sure. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Teron Davenport, ladies and gentlemen, what a gym. He, you know, Luke, we talked about this after the interview. Um, you and him don't always agree on things, but that's right. He was hitting all the notes in that one, wasn't he? Uh, everything he's saying, you know, you can't see my face, but I'm sitting there going, yes, uh huh, yep, that's right. Preach, brother, preach. Like <laughs> he nailed it, he nailed everything. He, uh, he man, I, I love talking to him, and we need to get him on more. That was his second time on the podcast. But, uh, you know, it just doesn't get old talking to TD. Uh, before we get into Trevor Lawrence and the draft day debacle in Jacksonville, let me say a quick word about DraftKings Sportsbooks. It's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into 200 That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you'll receive $200 and free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40-1 to odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team and and that team to win. 
Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions in baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code A to Z, A-T-O-Z, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. All right. You know who may need to get in touch with the uh, Tennessee Red Line or, or whatever Red Line is available in Jacksonville is uh, Trevor Lawrence because he, had, he, he, he wasn't able to get in touch with the Jaguars on draft day, or really it was vice versa. The Jaguars reached out to him on draft. They didn't hear anything back from him. And there was a little added drama and unnecessary drama from a guy who the entire world knew was going number one to the Jaguars. But when the time came, you know, the Jaguars decided to, to, you know, fiddle with their thumbs and wait six minutes before reaching out to Trevor Lawrence, because it wasn't a, it was a a done deal. Um, But when they reached out, they get, they went straight to voicemail three straight times, three calls, they go to voicemail and, you know, the time to turn in that piece of paper with your draft pick on it was running low. And finally, it took Urban Meyer to reach out personally before Trevor Lawrence picked up the phone. But why do bad things keep happening in Jacksonville? I'm not saying I don't love <laughs> I'm not saying I don't love when bad things happen to Jacksonville because I yeah. do. But man, they they can't seem to dodge a bullet. And a lot of it seems, you know, self-induced, self-inflicted. Um, you know, you 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 sign a guy and Tim Tebow's been out of the league for eight years to play a new position because his buddy's, you know, the head coach. Um, and, and now this, and now this gets out, like, mm, it, some things change and some, some things stay the same. And I'm glad that, um, you know, dysfunction in Jacksonville is one of those things that has stayed the same. Jackson. Well, see, I don't know that dysfunction is necessarily the right word. I think they have gone from dysfunctional to just flat out weird over the last couple of months. <laughs> Like it's not like it's not like impending doom is the sense I get from them. They've gone from like fighting each other in the locker room to like, why don't we play Tim Tebow at tight end? Why don't we draft a running back in the first round and let him get snaps at receiver? The front well, office is going you know, full Florida man. You just can't predict <laughs> what's really going to happen next. But I love it. I think it's entertaining, and I think, and it, it it's probably sounds ironic coming to me because I'm Mister like you know, man yells at cloud from the Simpsons, but there's too many people these days with the NFL, just not having fun. Everything is bad and the worst. And again, I know I'm, I'm critical of a lot of stuff. Like I hate the Jersey numbers. I don't like the new jerseys. Like I don't like the Titans jerseys. I think they look like arena football compared Yo, to the other. Oh, Luke, take, take it easy. No one's asking you about that. Okay. You just went out of your way to slander the Titans uniforms. I saw the opportunity. You got to know your audience. I saw the opening. I saw the opening and I I, I snuck in. Um, But beyond that, just have some fun. Like so many people saw the Shannon Sharp thing yesterday. And like my reaction to that was like, was he set up? I don't know, but it was funny. Like I enjoyed it. And, And people were just, man, bent out of shape on Twitter about this is an 
ethical violation. How dare he just just enjoy it, man. The That's... Jaguars are weird. It's Tim Tebow. It's fun. Like you and I both know, like I cannot wait for their OTAs to start and the media to be there to see videos of Tim Tebow catching passes. Come on. Like, you know, that's going to be fun to see. And it's kind of the way the world works now. I mean, J. Cole, hell, J. Cole just signed a professional basketball deal with a team somewhere down in Africa. I I mean, sometimes for these teams who aren't getting any attention or aren't getting any fans to show up or aren't getting any publicity, they make dumbass, you know, media stunts like this, Um, like like Tim Tebow, I should say. Um, But, you know, just somewhere along the line, they just can't seem to get it right. And even on draft day, when the whole world knew who you were going to take, when Trevor Lawrence somehow just abandoned his phone, I don't know where he was. He could have been in the bathroom, but I I take my phone into the bathroom every time I know I'm going to be there for a while. So that doesn't make any sense. It's just Jackson. Some things just run differently, like like down in Jacksonville and Duval County. Can you can you blame Tim Tebow though? Like all he did was no. He called him and was like, "Hey, can I get a workout at tight end?" <laughs> and they told him yes. Like, but, but Trevor Lawrence not answering the phone, you know, when, when they reach out, it's a trivial deal. Don't get me wrong. And oh, it's it's, it's funny it's, though. Right now in the off season, you just look at things to laugh at sometimes. And Jacksonville constantly uh, is the butt of the joke, which I do appreciate. At least he was alive. I feel like I've heard stories before. I can't remember if it was the NFL or some other league that, like, dead people got drafted, and so that's why they call them now. Oh, my gosh. No way. Yeah. Is it the, was it the war? Do you think you're maybe confusing the NFL draft with, like, World War II? <laughs> the, the, the war, like the selective service instead <laughs> of the NFL draft? No. That's funny, though. Um, okay, so that's the one team in the AFC South that is fun to laugh at. The other – we're about to talk <laughs> yeah. about the, these guys have been providing, uh, you know, content for <laughs> this, the last this, five years. This may be my favorite one yet <laughs> of, of all of the weird, dumb Texans things. This so, one might be the best. So the Houston Texans, you know, while they're on the mission to figure out who all is going to be in training camp and, you know, how they're going to assemble their 53 man roster of 53 bums. They went out and made a decision this week. They signed another player at the wide receiver position. So, you lose DeAndre Hopkins uh, last year. You're looking to kind of find some production at that position. You have Brandon Cooks who gets hurt all the time. Um, you lose Will Fuller. Or is Will Will Fuller? Where did Will Fuller end up signing? I'm, I'm blanking. Miami. Miami. That's right. Okay. So you lose Will Fuller. You lose DeAndre Hopkins. You bring in the broken and battered Brandon Cooks. But now, now you've done it, Texans. You've finally done it. You've fallen to rock bottom. They did this by signing Taewon Taylor. Woohoo! Old friend this, alert. This is Taewon what I have. Taylor is this, this Houston is what, Texan. This, this is what I have to say about Taewon Taylor. Hold on, here we go. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> I mean, can you believe it? Like, I first I forgot Taewon Taylor was still in the NFL. Last last I remember, they traded they traded him to the Cleveland Browns for what a seventh. Yeah, and I don't even think the condition was met for it because they and, never got it. Yeah, he never he never spent time up there. Or he hardly spent any time up in Cleveland. But this reminded me something. Kwame Brown's been in the news a lot lately. Um, yes, as he goes on, you know, his his just his murderous path of body slamming Matt Barnes and Stephen <laughs> Jackson and Stephen A. Smith even um, for stuff that they've said over the years. 
And this reminded me of a, a, a rant of mine that I hold near to my heart. I'll read it for you. But I edited this. I, I kind of changed some words out for Taewon Taylor. <laughs> this man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of football. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He has bad feet. He can't really move even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a double move that he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever, plays no offense, doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether they gave up too much? Please. The Tennessee Titans knew exactly what they were doing. They should be celebrating right now. And the Titans fans should not be saying a word. That is Stephen A. Smith's rant on Kwame Brown. I changed it up to uh, a rant on Taewon Taylor. Uh, Taewon Taylor is a guy that uh, you, you, we talk about the struggles that the Titans had at wide receiver. Taewon Taylor exemplifies all yeah. problems yeah. the Titans had at wide receiver in one player. Do, do you remember that preseason game where it was the first week of the preseason and he was supposedly competing for a roster spot and he dropped like four passes, mm-hmm. like just straight through his hands? Yeah, it, it's, it's comical. It's so funny that, you know, Bill O'Brien's not making this. That's the funniest part about this is they don't need Bill O'Brien to sign Taewon Taylor. Yeah. They don't need him. You know, they, they have a new GM, a new head coach, and they're still bringing in idiots like Taewon Taylor. Uh, the big reason he couldn't stick around in Tennessee, not only because he couldn't catch the damn football as a wide receiver, but because he had trouble with the playbook. It just gets funnier and funnier down in Houston. And, Luke, I think it's time. You know, it's been a couple weeks, which is it has you know, been a, a long, long time for the Houston Texans to not completely embarrass themselves. But let's give the let's give a one last laugh. Hopefully, probably not one last laugh. But let's give the the Texans yeah. a laugh. I think they deserve it. <laughs> it's not it's not one last laugh. I, I can guarantee you that. Just wait till we get to watch them play. Taywan Taylor down in Houston. <laughs> Taywan Taylor. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. The jokes, they write themselves literally. Adam Schefter had to have been giggling while he was tweeting this news out. By the way, I just saw on Twitter our friend Mike Organ from the Tennessean reporting that uh, Tim Tebow is coming to speak at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event here in town. Mm. I wonder how I can get into that. Honestly, yeah. That'd be a fun one to attend. Hey. Can, could we have a double agent? Any of my any of the listeners here, who you know are interested in attending Tim Tebow's Fellowship of Christian Athletes, can you go in, bring us a summary, and then tweet it to us? If you want to attend that, that's your business. We want the content side of it. We want to know what Tim Tebow was speaking about. Um, and if you're in there, maybe ask him about the Titans' defense. Is he scared of it now? Because I don't know that I am, but maybe he is. I don't know. Well, who knows? We all, all right. know that Tim, Tim Tim Tebow versus Rashawn Evans is the matchup we're all waiting for. 
it's not going to be who wins that matchup. It's going to be who loses that matchup. Yes. How, how bad do, does said loser lose? <laughs> yeah. God, and Trevor Lawrence now. He's he's a he's a quarterback who can put it, you know, in the right position. But God help him if Tim Tebow is the one you're throwing it up to. Um, okay. So that brings us, you know, we, we've we've hit on all of the stuff. We, we've hit on all the important stuff. We didn't bury the lead. Uh-huh. We, we talked about Julio. We made fun of the Texans. Also made fun of the Jags. TD was great. But now it's time to remember the Titan. Luke, these are players 128, or excuse me, 127 and 128. Mm. Digging deep. Who's your guy? I'm going to go with Damian Williams this week. I'm going with a receiver for the second week Damian in a row. Williams. Damian Williams, who, who wore a lot of different hats for the Titans. He played receiver, returned kickoffs. At one point, he returned punts. And I, from what I remember of him, he was he was, I would describe him as like the kind of player you want to have on your team. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't, you know, anything terribly special. But he was versatile. He always got the job done. Like, that's how I remember Damian Williams as a Titan. He would have been on the team in, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, those, that sort of area. And, and he always got the job done. And it was a lot of different jobs. Yeah, he's versatile. I mean, he's one of those guys that's unfortunately, you know, probably, what, a top 12, top 15 receiver for the Titans. In, in, you know, since <laughs> probably. It, Probably, which you know, it's sad, but it, he he's Damian Williams, and you know we like him. So uh, okay, so that's, that's pretty good. I'm not trying to diminish any of Damian Williams' uh, accomplishments, but um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, that's a good one. I'm gonna stay offense. Um, I, I saw this name. This name came across when I was doing, you know, some, you, you know, doing some research on. Uh, Maybe who the next few episodes can be dedicated to, which Titans players wore these numbers. I came across this guy. Now, it's number 73, and we're not there yet, but Jake Scott. You remember Jake Scott, fifth-round pick from, uh, you know, the Colts selected in 04. He spent four years in Indy, started a bunch of games. Then he spent the next four years in Tennessee and started in 64 of 64 games. So he didn't miss a single game. Uh he, he was the quarterback – or no, he was the – excuse me. He was the right guard when T- uh, Kerry Collins was the quarterback in that 08 year. That was his first year in Tennessee. He's really an uninteresting guy outside of that. I mean, he, he's a classic Idahoan from Lewiston, Idaho. He went to Idaho, of course. Um, so, 6'5", 292, guard slash tackle, out of Idaho. Spent time in Indy. Came to Tennessee, played four years, then finished off in Philadelphia for his last seven games. It's interesting because, you know, this this dude played in 131 games and he started in 128 of them. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl ring with uh, Peyton Manning and the Colts when they beat the Bears um, back in the day. But, yeah, Jake Scott, I, you know, he's not exactly a guy that people talk about anymore because, you know, no one really talks about guards anymore. Um, kind of the least interesting position on the football field, but still important. So I'm giving said- Jake's I'm giving Jake Scott his flowers. When you said 73, I thought you were going to go with Steve Hutchinson, Titans Hall of Fame guard. Yes, yes. No, I, I understand that. I was just, you know, there, there's a story out there, and it's on the Tennessean. And let me see. Let me give the proper credit here because, uh, you know, it's, it's quite helpful to me when I'm looking at who I 
want to dedicate each episode to. They've got the numbers one through 99 of the best player to wear this number for the Titans franchise. So it's completely perfect for, for this podcast. Eric Bacharach, former, um, he's formerly on the, on the beat, uh, on the, on the Tennessee. And so he's gone now, but Eric Bacharach, thank you for your hard work. Um, if, if it means anything to you, I use it every week. Uh, so, so, so thank you for that. All right. That's a wrap. Luke, we've been working on this with you. Do you have anything for the road? I, I do. I, you know, I told you last nice. week I would have some, some life-changing wisdom for you. Do you so, have a, a, what is it? A riddle? A, uh, no, a, it's a advice. Perhaps. I, I, th- I think we're going to turn this into Luke's life advice at the end of the I, episode. I like this. Here's my life advice. This is like therapy session. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Are you talking to me? To to, to our listeners or anyone (laughs) who needs to hear that. That's that's not to say that you can do no wrong and that there are not times where you need to change. But comparing yourself to other people leads to one of two things. Number one, you think you're better than others, and that makes you someone that no one wants to be around. Or you think others are better than you and it just makes you sad and depressed. It's a lose-lose scenario. It's not how you need to define your self-worth in your life. So cut out the poison of comparison from your life and find your worth in something else. That, that, was, is, that, is, that was beautiful. That's, that sounds like something you can hear at uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting Tim Tebow's going to host. Probably. Or from <laughs> Jack Easterby. Or from Jack Easterby. <laughs> That's good. Luke's life advice. Okay. I like that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm just going to close this one out by saying uh, Julio Watch has officially begun. Get it trending. Hashtag Julio Watch. Um, we're going to lead this. We're going to lead this campaign to bring Julio home. It worked for Clowny Watch. Um, I don't want to take any credit for that, but uh, without us, I don't know that it would have happened. Uh, so, so hashtag Julio Watch. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Um, I like to recommend, you know, five stars, four for the tough, one for buck. Um, if you want to give, you know, uh, 0.3 to the Preds cast, they do a great job. Alex Doherty does a great job with that. Man, the Preds too. That's going to, that's, I'm going to finish with that. The Preds are playing tonight. You will hear this tomorrow. I'm fired up right now. This is going to sound really bad once, you know, if they lose four to one. <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up right now. I believe the Preds. This is these are. Are you a big hockey fan, Luke? Not really. Uh, I've been to games. Enjoy. I think I'm going to watch the game tonight with some friends, but it's not something I get terribly bent out of shape one way or the other about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I do. I get bent completely out of shape. I'll be <laughs> in the house in game six, and I'm I'm fired up for tonight. They've got positive momentum. They've drained Carolina's legs in two double overtime games, and you're gonna say. Well, the Preds' legs are drained too. No, they are. But when you when you're playing, <laughs> hold on. Was that was that like a me impression? Is that what I sound like to you? No, no, I'm not comparing myself. Well, the, Pratt, to you, the Preds' legs are drained too. No, no, we don't compare ourselves to each other. But um, <laughs> it's harder to win Game Seven on the road than Game Five. So I'm just crossing my fingers, crossing my toes that the Preds can pull this one out tonight. Go Preds! And if you see me in Bridgestone, come up to me. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how we're going to get you into uh, Tim Tebow's FCA meeting. So that's all I have for this week. Don't, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He 
at Luke underscore Worsham has valuable Titans nuggets. You're going to want to follow him uh, to stay up to date. Um, and you know, if he's going to, he's going to be a little sarcastic. He's a little, he's a little pesky. Maybe, a little pesky maybe we could, maybe we could have a segment on the show called valuable Titans nuggets and get it sponsored by like McDonald's or Burger King. Some of yeah. those chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. Chick-fil-A that's, that's, that's something to think about. Yeah. Okay. Good. You know what? We'll talk about this after we uh, end recording here, but yeah, give us both <laughs> a follow, follow the podcast at Titan up pod on Twitter at Titan up podcast on Instagram. Things are about to get crazy next Tuesday, June 1. We'll know a lot more about the Julio situation then. For now, buckle up, enjoy the ride, and cause chaos on Twitter. I'll be right there with you. All right. We'll see you next week. And don't forget to uh, to tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll 